Well, good morning. My name is Travis, like John mentioned, and I am the high school director here at Rock Harbor. And uh, any high schoolers, you're up this early? Yes. All of you. Wonderful. Um, No, but I'm the high school director here, and I get to have... uh, I have an incredible job, honestly. We get to have back-to-school bashes where we uh, destroy cars. We get to have uh, summer kickoffs where we have food fights, legal food fights. Anybody ever want to be a part of that legally? You've like, I've done some. So here's, here's a picture of our back-to-school bash. Last year, this is one of our classes. They're getting ready on their car. What, what happens is they get to spray paint their car. So this picture you can see, it says Jesus for the people. And then they destroyed it. So I don't know what the tie-in there is. But anyway, uh, we get to uh, bash out some car windows with sledgehammers and bats. And then this summer, as summer kicked off, we decided to have a food fight. And so there's one of our uh, young students who got hit by some nacho cheese. I'm sure that knocked him over. And uh, here's some spaghetti being thrown in the air. Totally legal. We did that. It was the best, worst decision ever. Here's what some of our students look like at the end of it. And so when we started to have this food fight, uh, how many of you guys remember the movie Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs? Anybody remember that? And there was this thing that he had invented called spray-on shoes, these shoes that would stay with you no matter what. That's kind of what it was like on the tarp. It was just thick and nasty, and you had these like spray-on shoes all over. Um, it smelled gross. We were there until like midnight or 2 a.m. I don't know. It's all kind of blurry. Um, it could have been the chocolate milk in my eyes that was making that happen or the nacho cheese in my ear, but we pressure washed the whole parking lot that night. Best, worst decision ever. We will not be doing the food fight again. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, if we, yeah, sorry for any of your vehicles that are still destroyed. Um, go ahead and take that up with John Link. Um, but we're not going to do that again. If we do, it might be in a park where we can walk away and feel kind of bad about ourselves, but not really care too much. Uh, but we will bash cars again. We're actually going to do that this coming Sunday. And the reason we do that is it's a great opportunity to invite other students into this whole thing called church. Uh, so many people have ideas of what they think church is, what they think it looks like, and we get to show them that their faith can be a lot of fun. And so those are nights where we have uh, a bunch of high school students come, many of them for the first time, and we get to tell them about Jesus. And so uh, I will always be bashing cars uh, to tell students about Jesus without a doubt. Um, but with being the high school director, you would think that Keith um, would loft me a few softballs when it comes to speaking Sunday morning uh, with all of you, right? He would give me something like, hey, why don't you talk about God's love? That's good. Why don't you talk about God's grace? That, that might be good. But instead, if you guys remember, last time I spoke, we talked about circumcision. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Laugh it up. Six times I had to say it. Four services, okay? 24 times. Uh, awkward, okay? And today is not that much different. He's given me spiritual gifts. I'm like, Keith, how about just God's love, man, something easy for me. I'm just a high school director, okay? Um, But it's not an easy topic, but it is an incredible topic. And uh, I want to encourage you guys, just like we do with with high school, it is the most incredible job that I get to do. I get to more than just play games and have events, get to encourage students to live a life that represents Jesus well. And I want to do the same thing with you. Encourage students to leave the 99 and chase after the one. Encourage students to live a life that's unashamed of the gospel and to not let anybody look down on them because they're young. And so that's, that's my heart, and I want to communicate uh, with you today uh, in that. 
So what we're going to do is we're going to work through uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the beginning of it. And we've been in 1 Corinthians this year. We've done a couple different series. Uh, one was called uh, One Church. Another one was called One in Spirit. And then today we start One Another. And we get introduced to these spiritual gifts. So what I want to do is just briefly go through an introduction, if you will, to spiritual gifts. What are they? Where are they from? Who are they for? How do they work? Those, those type of things, okay? And so C. Peter Wagner had a great definition when it, uh, when it comes to a spiritual gift. He said, a spiritual gift is a special attribute given by the Holy Spirit to every member of the body of Christ, according to God's grace for use within the context of the body. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that amazing that the God of the universe wants to give us gifts? I don't know about you, but I love getting gifts. Anybody else in here love getting gifts? Yes? Okay, a couple of you. That's fine. More gifts for us. If you don't want them, whatever. Uh, I've actually given you guys some gifts. And so play along with me. But if you would look under your seat, some of you might have a gift card directly underneath your seat. So go ahead and look. Um, I'm not going to tell you where they are somewhat because I don't quite remember. But go ahead and look around. If you find one, go ahead and make some noise. I think there's one over here. Yeah? Like there? Uh, Fibber? Uh, I think there's one up here maybe. Some back there in that, that space. So yeah, walk around, look around, push somebody out of their seat, whatever the case may be. But there are gift cards to be had uh, under your seats. There's only three of them, so sorry. Not everybody gets this gift, all right? And we're going to understand today that that's okay. It's okay that we've not all been given gift cards or we've not all been given all of the same gifts. Um, when it comes to gifts, it, it's something kind of discouraging uh, for me because there are over 6 billion people on our earth. And for whatever reason, when it comes to my birthday, I do not get 6 billion gifts. And I don't think it's that unrealistic. I feel like I should get close to 6 billion. Anybody else wants? No, that would be awkward, really, and very unrealistic expectations there. But I, I do realize that uh, I get gifts from people that know me. I get gifts from people that love me. I get gifts from people that care about me, right? And so the same thing's true with God. He gives us gifts because he knows us, because he loves us, because he cares about us. I don't get six billion gifts because people don't know me. They don't love me. They don't care about me, right? Maybe if they did know me, then they would love me and care about me, but they don't, so they're not going to give me a gift. This is so true about God. He's very personal, very intimate. He knows you more than you may realize. And, and that's where these gifts come from. And obviously his greatest bit gift being salvation, right? Something that cost him a ton that we get to accept freely, okay? And so um, today, like I said, we're going to learn about more of these spiritual gifts. So let's go ahead and jump into 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. It says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. I just want to pause there for a second because Paul is writing this to the church in Corinth and he is saying, I don't want you to be uninformed. As somebody who's a little bit further along in his relationship with Jesus, I don't want you to be uninformed. I want you to have some knowledge when it comes to this, right? And this, this speaks to us today. We live in this information age where we, any knowledge that you, you want, any knowledge that you could particularly, you know, probably have is probably sitting in your right pocket right now because that's where your phone is. Right? If it's in your left pocket, that's awkward. If you're left-handed, good for you, but yeah, there, yeah. Anybody else left-handed, I'll give you a moment, okay? Left-handed people and middle children, here we go, okay? Um, true story, my, my wife and I are both right-handed, and we have three little boys 
that are all left-handed. You're telling me, what? I, I ask myself the same question daily when I try to teach them how to throw a baseball and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I got it. I don't know what I'm doing. My parenting is, is suffering for sure because my boys are all left-handed, but that's a whole uh, different thing. When, when I think about this, this beginning of this passage, it's almost like I can see our pastor saying the same thing, right? I don't want you to be uninformed. I want you to have knowledge of this. I want you to stay plugged in. I want you to stay a part of community. I want you to be in your Bible every day. I can totally see him saying that, just as somebody who's further along in his faith than maybe, maybe we are. And so that's the heart that Paul is writing this, right? That's, that's the heartbeat here. Uh, verse 2, he says, you know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. This part jumps out to me because this is telling me that there's a point in these people's lives that they didn't follow Jesus. There was a point in their life where they didn't have a relationship with Jesus, but they were chasing after other things. They were chasing after false idols. They were being led astray by false idols, right? That some of them probably didn't grow up in the church. And so if we were to look around this room today, it probably looks similar to us, right? Every one of us at some point in our life was not chasing after Jesus. And many of us in here, maybe we didn't grow up in the church. And so here's here how, how he is speaking to them. He's saying, this is what you used to chase after. But now you have a relationship with Jesus. That's what you should be chasing after. Okay, so whatever it is for you, something that you've, you've placed ahead of your relationship with God, right? That would be an idol in your life. And, and maybe it's past. Maybe it's something you still struggle with a little bit. Right? Many, there, I don't know what it is for you, but maybe, maybe you put money over your relationship with Jesus. Maybe you put popularity over your relationship with Jesus or relationships. Other relationships came before the one relationship. Maybe it was culture. Maybe it was acceptance. I, I don't know what, what that was for you. If I'm honest with you, uh, an idol in my life, something that I placed before my relationship with Jesus was competitiveness. All right, that might sound awkward, but it was. I cared more about winning than I cared about representing Jesus well. It meant more to me that I won the game than I looked like a little Christ, right? Why do you think I beat you guys to church this morning? Because I'm still struggling with this, right? I'm just kidding. I had to be here, okay? Um, but that, that's honestly something that, that I struggle with, that I put before my relationship with Jesus, Right? So verse 3, he goes on. He says, Therefore, because of all this, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord, except in the Holy Spirit. See, there was a lot happening in the city of Corinth. And because of that, there was a lot happening in the church of Corinth. Keith, Keith put it this way. He said the sin of the community had become the culture of the church. The sin of that community had become the culture of the church. And so that makes me want to take a step back and ask the question, has that happened to us? Has the sin of our community, the things that our community chases after, become the culture of this church? Right? And maybe that's a, a personal question. Have I brought things in from our community that's acceptable maybe out there? Have I brought those into the church? Right? I think about sometimes just that, that judgmental spirit. Right? Or maybe, maybe negativity. That I'm at a restaurant, they get my order wrong, well, I'm justified, I can give them a piece of my mind, this is why you should have done it this way, this is how you got it wrong, right? What, do we bring that in here and say, you know what, they got this wrong, and I, I'm justified, I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. Are there things that we bring from our community into the church that become this culture? 
And I would honestly say, um, one, that's, that's something to wrestle with individually. And, and as a whole, I would say, no, we, we've not done that. But it's also something that we, could, we should continue to go back to and wrestle with to make sure that that never becomes the case, that the sin of our community doesn't become the culture of our church. Right? This next part is very crucial. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7. And it's there on your program. Uh, but Paul is talking about variety and the same. And usually those two words don't go together, variety and same. But listen to what he says. He says, now there are varieties of gifts, many different gifts, but the same spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good, right? This is so crucial. Whatever the gift is, right? Many different gifts, the same spirit, right? For the common good. The common good to uplift and edify the body of Christ. Uplift and edify his church. Uplift and edify his bride, our fellow believers. That's why these gifts have been given to us. And so there are many different gifts, but they all come from the same spirit. And in your weekly reading uh, on your program, it's 1 Corinthians 12, uh, Romans 12, and Ephesians 4 are all in there because that, those are spots where spiritual gifts are talked about, are mentioned. And so I wanted to go through those. But even this morning, I want to give you a list of a few of the gifts that, that would be um, in there. And so uh, some of the gifts mentioned would be prophecy, service, teaching, um, Real quick, side note, I, I didn't find uh, nagging. Um, I didn't find procrastination. I know that many of us are, are either hoping that they're in there or, you know, like, I'm a procrastinator. Maybe that's from God. No, <laughs> no, it's not. It's definitely not. And a lot of times those go hand in hand, right? When I procrastinate, I get nagged by different people. Notice I said people, all right? I did not throw myself under the bus and give you one person that nags me. So don't tell her that, okay? Um, uh, giving, leadership, exhortation. What is that? Sounds awkward and weird. And it means encouragement, okay? Like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, maybe I have the gift of exhortation. Um, mercy, healings, miracles, um, speaking other languages, interpreting other languages, uh, wisdom, knowledge, faith. Right, And maybe just me sharing a few of those, maybe one or two or three jumped out to you. I want to encourage you right now, just write that down. Write that down on your program. If there is one or two that jumped out like, wow, yeah, giving, I, I, can, I can see that, definitely. Right, Mercy, those things, hospitality, we'll get to that. Okay, So just write those down because chances are uh, God's probably given you that and, and you already recognize that. So verse 8 it says, for to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. Right? A lot of times we use these words knowledge and wisdom interchangeably, okay? but there, there are some differences in them. A lot of times uh, knowledge is, is that knowledge that you gain. Wisdom is what's given to you from God, right? Uh, wisdom is what you do with the knowledge that you have. Right? We've, all, we've all met that like six-year-old kid who is like the wisest little guy you've ever met. And you're like, I'm pretty sure I have more knowledge than him. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I don't pick my nose anymore, so that's already a good step. But for whatever reason, this little kid is like the wisest little guy ever. And, and we all know people who have a ton of knowledge, but yet they don't make very wise decisions. Right? And, and if you don't know anybody like that, do me a favor, ask your spouse 
and, and just find out if maybe you're that person. Um, this is a joke. You don't have to ask them. They'll, they'll definitely tell you, okay, uh, without a doubt. So it continues, verse 9, uh, to another faith by the same spirit, right? And this is that faith that we're passionate about, that faith that, that we believe in Jesus, that we want to share that relationship with other people, that, that we have uh, a purpose every day to wake up, and we're on mission, and this is what gets us out of bed in the morning. And what's kind of unique about these three gifts, knowledge, wisdom, faith, is regardless of if you've been specifically gifted with these or not, these are still things that we could all be working toward. Uh, these are things that we can continue to grow in, right? I can continue to grow in my biblical knowledge as I open my Bible and read God's Word. And I can continue to grow in wisdom as I do well with the knowledge that I have. And then as I'm on this journey with Jesus, I can continue to grow in my faith, persevere in my faith, be strengthened in my faith, and and my faith should be stronger than it was yesterday, than it was a year ago or a decade ago. So regardless of if that's a specific gift for you or not, those are still three things that you can be growing in. Uh, He continues in verse 9, and he says, to another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another, the workings, uh, the working of miracles. I, I love there that he says gifts, right? Gifts of healing, not one specific gift, not one specific way, right? Maybe this, this could be healings like we see Jesus doing, where he makes blind men see, where he makes lame men walk, right? Th- this could also be maybe you have a great understanding of medicine. Me personally, I don't. The answer is ibuprofen. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> what comes after that? Sleep? I don't know. Elevate my legs? I don't know what's going on. But some of you are like, no, you take this, and then one hour later, you, you take these things, and then you got these essential oils, and you got to, you know, like, you guys know what's going on. Maybe you have a little bit of a gift there, right? Maybe, uh, maybe it's just sitting down and empathizing with somebody to help, help heal an emotional wound. That, that can be a gift of healing that you have. Those are very real and needed. Um, he goes on, he says, to another prophecy. Uh, think of this also as, as preaching, uh, the gift of being able to communicate biblical truth. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits, that gift of discernment. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. And so what we're going to do right now is we're just going to pause for a second, right? We're going to pause for a second because depending on your background, depending on uh, denomination, you might have a, a different viewpoint or a different opinion on what this means or how it's to be utilized or how it's to be used. And... Um, you know, this, this specific gift. We do know that it's in God's Bible, God's Word, for a specific reason. And Paul actually continues to talk about this in the next couple of chapters. And so as we keep going in this one another series, we're actually going to dig into tongues and prophecies a little bit more. Um, but for today, we're just going to continue to move on to verse 11, okay? He says, All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills, right? One in the same spirit, regardless of the gift, one in the same spirit. Everybody has at least one. Nobody's been given all of the spiritual gifts. They come from the Holy Spirit who lives inside of you, who leads you, who guides you, right? As he wills, he's the one that gives uh, the gifts to us. And this is awesome because God, God knows you. God knows me. He, he doesn't make mistakes, right? I tell our high schoolers that he's never said, whoops, or he never, he's never said, my bad, I didn't know that was going to work. No, he, he's God. He doesn't make mistakes. He knows you in an intimate way. And so he's given you specific gifts um, toward specifically you. 
Um, I, I realized I was having a conversation with my wife this past week, and I realized that she has given my middle son a gift. All right? Uh, she's given him a gift. Yes, I have a middle son. I just talked about him. And yes, he's left-handed. So bam, bam. All right? I hit both of those left-handed and middle children. But um, he was in writing class. And for whatever reason, he got left behind in class. He realized that his whole class had already started walking down the hall. Not that big of a deal, you might think. But to my middle son, he has this huge desire to please, this huge desire to follow the rules, right, and make people happy. And so what he does is he realizes, oh, my gosh, my class has left. He goes, even, he was probably like, you know, proofreading everybody's papers or picking up or stacking the chairs or something crazy because he just wants to please people. So he realizes his class is down the hall. He goes out and he starts running toward his class. Well, his writing teacher sees him and says, you need to come back here, right? You need to start over. You need to do it right. And you need to walk. Congratulations. You guys have gotten in trouble too, right? Yeah. You need to walk. And I understand what she was doing, right? But to him, it just ripped him apart. It ripped him apart because he felt like he didn't follow the rules. He felt like he let somebody down when all he was trying to do was catch up to his class so he could follow those rules, right? And, and be where he needed to be when he needed to be there. Um, it, it nagged him so much during the day that when my wife picked him up from school, he started crying, immediately crying, right? And she's like, what's going on? What happened? And he goes back to this moment earlier in the day and they start having a conversation. And she says, well, buddy, did, did you get embarrassed? Right? And he's like, yeah, I got embarrassed, blah, blah, blah. Right? And they started having this conversation. My wife goes back to kindergarten, right? And she tells him about a time when she got dropped off late to school. And so they wrote her name on the board, Brittany, right? I don't know why they say it that way, but that's how they wrote it, okay? Brittany. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know why I do that. They put her name on the board and all day she was embarrassed. And so they had this little conversation about this. And I realized, wow, he gets that from you. That desire to follow the rules and please people, that's from you that's not for me, right? If I'm honest, I would have been running because I didn't realize my classes left because I'm farting around doing something else. Yeah, I need to come back and start over. I need to walk. My oldest son, my youngest son, they do a lot of things over again. Trust me, if you know them, then you know that that is true, okay? Um, we need to understand that God has gifted us personally. He has gifted us specifically in incredible ways, some of us in here, you know the right words to say at the right moment, every single time. Others of you in here, you don't do words good. <laughs> Maybe I'm one of those people. Are you making fun of me? Okay. Some of you, you can explain something to a five-year-old where they get it. They understand, oh my gosh, God, God loves me. He died for me. He came back to life. Like they get it all. And others of you, you don't even like kids. Like just be honest. You're like, I don't like kids. It's okay. God has gifted us in incredible ways and in different ways, right? We shouldn't, we shouldn't try to go after other people's gifts. We should try to thrive within our own, right? Yes, you could grow to try to be patient with some children if you don't like children. But if that's not for you, don't hop into kids' ministry, right? We should be working to thrive within our special gifts that God's given us. And I understand that, that this whole talk and conversation of spiritual gifts, some of you are like, I don't know about that. I don't know if God has specifically given me gifts, right? Let's, let's go back a second and talk about the greatest gift we've ever been given. A, a personal relationship with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. A personal relationship with the God who loves us, who will never leave us or forsake us. 
a God who's with us right now in this moment, and he's already ready for us to come to the next moment, right? We talk about that every week as this personal relationship with Jesus. And if it's your first time, and this is the first time you're hearing that, maybe it's something you need to have a conversation about. And it's as simple as three things, admitting that you're a sinner, believing that Jesus is who he said he was, and committing your life to him, right? When we've been given that gift, it's so much easier to think that, yeah, God wants to continue to give other gifts to me, gifts that can be used to uplift and edify the body of Christ, right? But a lot of times when it comes to these gifts, we start to compare with one another. We look at her spiritual gifts or his spiritual gifts and who's are better, who gets more attention, right? Who gets what gift? And that's not the heart behind these gifts. These gifts are given to us from the Holy Spirit as he wills, right? To encourage our fellow believers, to encourage his bride, to encourage the church. And so one of the, uh, one of the things on your program to fill in, I want to encourage you guys that gifts should be used to complement, not compare, Gifts should be used to complement each other, not compare with one another. They're, they're for the benefit of the church. Specific gifts that I have and specific gifts that you have, if we work together, how, in, how, how could the gospel be advanced if we actually complement each other and work together? Who could be reached with the good news of Jesus if we're complementing one another rather than comparing with one another? And some of us in here, maybe we don't even realize we've been given these gifts. There's, there's a story of a young man. He was uh, getting ready to graduate high school. And he, uh, just like any high school student, uh, wanted a gift for graduation, okay? But he didn't just want any gift. He wanted a specific gift. And no, it was not a t-shirt that said, congratulations, 2019 graduate. Okay, but if you've already bought that in preparation, do your thing. Give that to your student. Okay, they'll be grateful. They better be grateful, okay? He wanted a specific gift that was this car. He wanted a car that he and his dad had worked on, that he and his dad had built, right? And so he's dropping hints, he's having conversations, and he's hoping, crossing his fingers, that his parents pick up on it, okay? And so here we go, fast forward, graduation day, he knows he's getting a gift, he knows that his parents have gotten a gift, and he knows that, hey, they've picked up on the hints, they've heard the conversations, they're giving me the car, right? But instead of being a car with a, with a bow on the top, he's given a box. And so a little let down, he's like, oh, there's no car in there. You can't even fit a smart for two in there. The box is kind of small, but maybe there's some keys. That's what it is. There are car keys in that box. They got me the car in this box, right? So he grabs the box, he opens it up, and there are no car keys. Instead, it's a Bible, right? His parents know that he's about to head off to college. He's about to head off into adulthood, and they give him a Bible, right? And so a little upset... He thinks to himself, he's like, are you kidding me? Like, I talked about these, I talked about this car. I had conversations, I dropped hints, and they didn't give me the car. Instead, they gave me a Bible. What do I need a Bible for? Right, and so he puts the Bible back in the box, and he puts it away. Fast forward a, a couple months, he goes off to college. And everything is going well, right? College is, college is good, college is fun. There's a lot of new girls on campus, right? <laughs> Some of you are like, I just went back to college. And yeah, you're right. Okay. Uh, grades are good because the semester's just started. He's not been in any classes, but grades are good. You're not failing yet. Okay. Your grades are good. No, make sure you do your homework. Okay. Um, but life is not that hard. He's enjoying it. Fast forward a couple more years and life has gotten difficult. Life has gotten hard. He's now adulting. And if you're adulting, you know what that means because some days you don't want to do it. 
Right? I don't want us to raise our hands because it might be discouraging to realize how many of us at times don't want to adult. Maybe it'll be encouraging to know we're not alone. Okay, but there are some days that life is so hard and so difficult. And he's going through this season, he's going through this time, and he remembers that his parents had their faith to get them through. And so he says, you know what, I need to find that Bible. I need to find that Bible that my parents gave me for graduation, that Bible that I've never opened. So he goes, he finds it in a box, he digs it out, right? He opens it up for the very first time, and wouldn't you know, on the inside of the cover is taped the title to that car. This whole time, he had this incredible gift, and he had no idea. All he had to do was open his Bible to find it. The same thing is true for you and I. We've been given these incredible gifts. All we have to do is open our Bible to find them, right? And and if we don't know about them, then we're missing out, just like this young man in the story. We're missing out. If we have that gift of hospitality, or we have that gift of prayer, that gift of giving or listening or whatever the case may be. God wants to use that to encourage someone else, right? And so as we close, I want to give you guys four ways that we can find our spiritual gifts. Four ways. I'm sure there are other ways out there, but these are just four things uh, from me to you just to encourage you a little bit. The first one is to spend time in prayer. These are on your your program, to spend time in prayer, right? To, To earnestly seek God and say, what, what have you given me? What gifts, right? Every single one of us as a believer has been given at least one gift. What have you given me? What's the gift? What are the gifts, right? In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Paul is encouraging this same church to earnestly desire the gifts, right? So it might sound dumb to, to say spend time in prayer, but have you done it, right? That's a way that we can find out what gifts God has given us. The second thing is to get involved, Get involved in a ministry. Get involved in a couple ministries, right? Like we said before, if if you don't love kids, like, man, don't try our kids right now. It's not going to go well for you, the kid, the parents, any of that, okay? Um, But if you do love kids and you can break that down, all of that knowledge to a way that they get it and they love it, definitely, you know, begin volunteering in kids ministry. If, If you guys have a smile that struggles to, like, turn up, Maybe don't be a greeter, (laughs) you know, but if you're that person who really wants to encourage people and really be that first impression for the church, then fill that out and say, I want to volunteer there because I feel like God's gifted me those ways, right? I'm I'm friendly. I'm kind. I'm outgoing. I, I want to do that. Okay. So you get involved. The third thing is to ask a friend, go to a mentor in your faith. Just like this, Paul's writing to this church in Corinth. Go to somebody who's a little bit further uh, in their faith. Maybe somebody that's an accountability partner with you and say, what do you see within me? What gifts do you think I have? And how can I use that to glorify God? Right? And then the fourth thing is to take a test. Take a test. Oftentimes there are incredible tests out there that can give you three to five potential gifts that you might have. And you might say, wow, 100%, yes, that is me. I never realized that that was a gift from God. Or you might say, you know what? Oh, exhortation, that sounds awkward. Learn that it just means encouragement. Okay, yeah, yeah, definitely. Or maybe you'll think that maybe it was a gift and that doesn't show up. And so that might not necessarily be something you've been gifted in. But those are just four ways. And so without being too cheesy, um, spiritual gifts are honestly a gift from God. They are a gift from God. We've all been given at least one. Okay, and they are, they are used to uplift and edify the body of Christ. 
And so I want to encourage us to make sure that we're using our gifts to complement one another as opposed to compare with one another. Uh, Let's go ahead and pray. God, thank you for this morning, and thank you so much for an opportunity to talk about spiritual gifts. Uh, So humbling to think that you love us enough, uh, creator of everything, to gift me specifically, to gift each and every one of us specifically. And so God, I just ask that we would we would chase after you to say, what are these gifts that you've given me? God, that we would spend time in prayer, just asking those questions and waiting for you to reveal, waiting for you to respond. God, that we would get involved in serving in a ministry, that we would ask a friend, that we would take a test just to find out how you've gifted us. Because I don't, I don't want to be missing out like that young man in the story. God, you have so many incredible things planned for us and, and we want to glorify you in it. We love you, Jesus, and it's in your name that we pray. Amen.